welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're almost superstars. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald. This is my show, Living Fearlessly. We're with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership is 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, I'm super grateful uh, and blessed to be joined here by yet another phenomenal guest, uh, somebody who I've been following for years. And before I turn it over to unscripted dialogue with my guest, as I always do, I'm just going to plug a little bit about my guest, Stephen Aitchison. So who is Stephen? Stephen is an author, coach, and speaker who has created multiple products in the personal development and business space, most notably PositiveLifeAffirmations.net in the personal development field. He is also the founder and creator of YourDigitalFormula.com, helping coaches, entrepreneurs, writers, speakers, and healers grow their audience online, share their message, and transform their business. With over 3 million followers on Facebook, he has also helped more people reach 100,000 followers than anyone else online. Stephen, wow, welcome to my show. How are you? I'm brilliant. Thank you very much, Lisa, for having me on. I really appreciate it. And what an introduction. Thank you very much. Well, I mean, it, it all goes back to you and what you've endeavored to do in embracing your life of passions. And as I said at the top of the hour starting our show here, I really have been following you for quite some time, and I'm quite selective with who I invite to bring on my show, uh, just because I know that the listeners who are, you know, very kind in taking time out of their day, they want to hear good content. They want to hear people who are inspiring, people who are motivating, uh, people who basically walk their talk, which you most certainly do. So what I want to do, Stephen, as I always do, is I want to ask you, about the beginning, the inception of your journey. How did this all come to be for you? Well, this the, there's two parts to the journey, Lisa, if we're being kind of really honest here. The two parts are the kind of personal development part. And that really started when I was about 20 years old. I've been going through a lot of stuff in my life, like a lot of your listeners um, today as well, just now. Um, and I kind of went to a bookshop, and I was just kind of browsing, but I love books. I totally, I just love everything about books. So I went to this kind of old bookshop, second-hand bookshop, and I kind of reached up to kind of pick a book out of one of the top shelves. And another one kind of fell down, and it actually hit me on the head and dropped to the ground. So I was a wee bit embarrassed about <laughs> this. So I kind, of, I kind of looked around to see if anybody had seen me, but nobody, nobody had seen it. So I went to pick the book back up and put it back on the shelf, and it was this bright yellow and red kind of cover. And mm-hmm. I seen the name of it, and I thought, do you know what, maybe this is a, a kind of wee sign. I kind of believe in all these kind of signs that you get. Absolutely. And I thought maybe, exactly. So maybe I thought it was a wee sign. And it was a book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Oh. And it, was, it was a really old version of it. And I think it was £1.50, which is, I don't know, a couple of dollars or something. So I thought, do you know what, I'm going to buy it. And I kind of devoured it on the bus ride home. And for the next two days, I kind of devoured everything about that book. And that was a turning point. I thought, I, I, this is it. This is, this is, I need to change my life and this is the book to help me. And ever since then, I've been on this personal development journey because you never, you never reach where you truly want to go because there's always another stage further. Yes. And that, that book, that book really, really helped me. Well, I love that. I mean, there's so many parallels between yourself, myself, and how things uh, started for us. And, you know, this is all about you, not about me. But what I will share, <clears throat> pardon me, is no, I don't believe in coincidences either. I believe in signs. I believe in universal symbols. And uh, not unlike what you just shared with myself and the listeners, I too came across a book and uh, two years ago, and it was during the time of my needing to come upon a reinvention process due to changing circumstances in my life, and it totally catapulted me in the same direction. So, yeah, a book did that for me as well. Wow. What, can I, can I, sorry, I'm being nosy here. What was the book? 
Yes, it was uh, titled The Passion Test by New York Times bestselling authors Janet and Chris Atwood, uh, who I've been mentored by a couple of times in California. Wow. Yes. So that's amazing. And so tell tell us how you, you took the the finding and the devouring of that book to how people would now glean and understand and recognize you today. Well, really what happened from that book, I think everybody goes on a personal journey. Lisa, before they can actually help anybody at all, you'll probably know this yeah. as well with your radio show. So I kind of went on this personal journey and I thought, okay, what do, you, what do I need to do to change my life? So I just turned my life upside down. I moved to a new city, started a new job and um, I got into nursing. I wanted to be a nurse so I went to a nursing degree in a new city. Tried that, wasn't for me so I thought okay what do I do now and it's just all these little signs that take you, that lead you to the right path. You know you're on the right path but some of the paths take kind of twists and turns and what the nursing kind of degree was one of those twists and turns that told me I was on the right path and it was too can help people on their journey as well but nursing wasn't the actual solution but other things were so I'd done a psychology degree and I started kind of writing I'd always been into writing because I love books so much and I've been into writing from a very early kind of age and um, so I started writing online I started a blog in 2006 and it all snowballed from there and everybody kind of was writing to me I was getting comments on the blog I thought <laughs> this is this is brilliant um, so it just, and it's really just snowballed from there. And then the Facebook page just started as well a couple of years ago, and it's just shot up to nearly three and a half million kind of followers. That's crazy. It's mental, it really is. It really is. Well, you're obviously doing something right, and uh, and you know, and you would know this when you're in the zone, and when you are reminded every single day by taking massive action. And we talk about this on my show too. You know, things success, however one chooses to find it, it doesn't just fall into your lap. It requires a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and sometimes, and you can probably attest to this, Stephen. You know, you feel like you're taking the right steps forward, and sometimes it's a couple steps forward, and sometimes it's ten leaps back. Um, you know, but as long as you're committed, and I think it really comes from the inherent sense of believing in yourself, no matter what else is going on in your external reality, people who don't necessarily get behind or understand what it is you're doing. But when you choose to honor yourself and when you're reminded every single day that this is exactly where you're meant to be and you're living your intended life path and your journey, um, isn't it such a beautiful thing how, how momentous things take off? Well, as it really, it truly astounds me every single day. I get kind of messages every day. And when I was first starting out, like you said, you've just got to have that belief in yourself. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that belief, you're probably going to give up just before the actual success of what you're meant to be doing becomes reality. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happened for me. There were so many times I sat down and said to my wife, Sharon, I'm working a full-time job at the time I was. I'm not now. But I was working 40 hours a week in a full-time job and I was working about 30 hours a week doing what I was doing online. And I'm saying, do you know what? I've been doing this for a couple of years now. It's not getting that much traction at the beginning. She goes, well, if you believe in it, just keep going, keep doing what you're doing. Something's going to happen. And I was through Sharon and myself just talking like this that I truly just believed in everything I was doing. And I used to wake up every single day excited to kind of get the messages, do my stuff online, and mm-hmm. it's just brilliant. And you have to take, like you say, you have to take massive action. But if you've got people writing to you saying, this this really, really helped me today, this really changed my life, and the poster you wrote a couple of weeks ago or something, that gives you massive momentum as well. Yeah, yeah. So getting that positive feedback as well, it's just amazing how much momentum that gives you. Well, you know, it's true, Stephen. I mean, for anybody, you know, because we all have mentors, especially when we're in the personal development field and we are immersed in this and we sponge this up every single day. Uh, you know, sometimes we don't quite realize to the degree that something that we've said, something that we've posted, something uh, that we've applied to our own lives. And of course, you know, we, we share this with the rest of the world because we want other people to feel like they're on the right path or to sometimes get off the fence in their own lives and get unstuck. So to the degree that you are committed to doing this, there's no doubt 
that you've resonated. Like, I mean, like I say at the beginning, at the top of the show, I've been following you for I don't even know how long. And now that things are starting to ramp up for me, you know, it's not difficult uh, right now at this stage of my journey to connect with people like you and to bring you on my show and to give you a bigger platform in the radio world to impart your message with other people. Because I believe when we have gifts, when we have lessons, it's our due diligence to share it with the rest of rest of the world. Would you not agree? Uh, without, I think, and this really truly resonated just exactly what you've said there. When when I was first starting out in the kind of business world, um, kind of doing the online stuff and thought about making money from what I do, and I thought mm-hmm. I might be able to give up my full-time job. And this was back in 2009, 2010. I thought, okay, how can I make more money? How can I sell more ebooks? How can I sell more products to make more money? Mm-hmm. But then, again, just through signs and kind of symbols from the universe or whatever you want to call it, I, I kind of had a, a complete change of thought and I thought, it's not about how much money I'm making, it's actually about how many more people I can help. So I turned the question around from how much money can I make to how many more people can I help. Bingo. When you look at it from that point of view, it, it just everything changed. So when you really get into the mindset of how many people can I help and how can I serve them better, then that's when things start changing and that's when the, the business started to take off. Literally, more or less from that point in 2010, that's when it started to take off. So it's so true what you're saying. Just help as many people as you can in the world and I believe with all my heart that that's what we're all here to do. First of all, find ourselves, who we truly are, and then when you find yourself, teach others exactly what you can, they can do to find themselves. Absolutely. And a couple of simultaneous thoughts that uh, that resonate with me at the same time. So I'm going to try and hold them and remember them as I start with the first one. And you would know this when you're a creative person, it just it, the floodgates are always open. Right. So, um, you know, it, it's true. You know, anybody who is in the personal development world, anybody who is endeavoring to do what they absolutely love to do, they will be the first people to tell you either as a result of them having gone bankrupt or having encountered or experienced failure and conversely having also experienced success. The difference being if you do things solely for the purpose and the benefit of trying to acquire money, you're not really honoring your passion. The money shows up and it's not the first priority, but the money shows up the more you're in the zone of doing what you absolutely love. And it's not just money, all the other yummy things that are out there uh, for the grabbing, for the sharing, for the taking. You know, it, it's when you're continually aligned with the right people, the right circumstances, being in the right place at the right time and the light bulbs continuously going off, that's when everything starts to piece itself together. And so if you start to think, see things like monetary uh, value show up, um, that's another indication that you're doing the right thing. You're not just say, you're not just purposely uh, attacking what it is you're endeavoring to do with the mindset of, if I do this, maybe I'll make more money. You know, so yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's a brilliant point. And just, just exactly what I've said there as well. If you, if you truly, and I mean, some people say, yeah, it's all about the people I'm trying to serve, but in their hearts, it's not really. But mm-hmm. then, when you truly can turn it around, and in your heart of hearts, you can say, I'm really doing this to help other people, and mm-hmm. then. The money really is secondary. It's brilliant when it comes. It's amazing. I'm not going to lie. It's brilliant mm-hmm. because it allows you to do so many more things. But it's because your heart was aligned in the first place to help more people. And then when the money does come, it means it's just a means to an end. It just means you can help more and more people when you Absolutely. get up there and you're supporting yourself. Absolutely. It all comes full circle and for the right reasons, right? Yep. Exactly. Um, so the other thing I want to ask you too, Stephen, so I'm my brand and everything that I'm about is living fearlessly. So if you look at your journey, if you look at the beginning of, of some of where you were at, call it your darkest times, call it confusion, call it being stuck and things progressively getting into a uh, direction to honor yourself, you know, how would you tie it back here on radio for the listeners? You know, what are, what are some of the things that you can attest to in terms of, uh, relinquishing fear so as to embrace your passions. What does that all mean for you personally? Well, personally, I was kind of in a really dark place when I was about 19. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm not going to go um, too much into, but sure. I um, tried to take uh, my own life. Things to, just to let you know and the listeners know, I'm not a kind of social person. Um, I never really have been. I've thought I've learned to live in a social world, and it's strange because I'm all over social media. But I've learned to live in a social social world. But back then, when I was 19, I had all this kind of confusing thoughts and everything. I thought, do you know what? The jacket of life just does not fit me at all. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get out. I just, and I truly want to get out. So I told everybody, my parents, my sisters, um, kind of how much I loved them. And I went to bed and took about 30 or 40 um, kind of sleeping tablets. I, I, I don't know why I'm saying that just now. I've never told anybody. But I took those sleeping tablets and I, I cried myself to sleep. And the next again morning, when I shouldn't have got up, I somehow fell out of bed and my dad had heard the kind of loud bang. And he kind of came up, tried to wonder, kind of wondering what it was. And he found me, phoned an ambulance. And if it wasn't for me falling out of bed, obviously I wouldn't be here. But from that moment, as soon as I woke up, I was asked, do you need to see a psychiatrist? We want to refer you to a psychiatrist. And I said, no, I know exactly what I need to do. And from that moment, I just changed everything. So the big thing for me, Lisa, was fear of change. I didn't want to change anything in my life. I just, I was kind of comfortable, but and I didn't know how to change. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to have to change. I'm going to have to get over that fear. And that's when I decided to move to a new city, not to get away from anything, but just to start again and find mm-hmm. find the real me. And so change, if you can get over that fear of change and just do things, say yes to things you wouldn't normally say yes to, that made such a huge difference in your life. Um Sorry, I don't know if this is a kind of no, thing. No, you know what? I want to I want to say a few things to that. First of all, I want to commend you on your courage. I want to thank you for sharing. Um, and I, you know, if it makes you feel a little bit better, Stephen, I've had uh, a few, more than a few guests on my show uh, share similar type disclosures under similar type uh, circumstances. So you're not alone with that. And statistically, we know out there in the world that uh, you know, call it depression call it uh, momentary lapse of reason, call it bad circumstances, call it our darkest day. You know, there's many of us who have been there uh, in different levels under the umbrella of all that you've just described. So I want to say thank you very much for sharing that. And, of course, you know, just to reinforce again, this show is all about authentic leadership. This is about being vulnerable because I believe there's strength in vulnerability. Um, you know, there's still some people who, unfortunately, aren't prepared to drop the mask or the facade. And these are the people that we find getting stuck. These are the people who internally, unbeknownst perhaps to the rest of the world, they're the ones who are struggling the most because for whatever the reason, they just can't release the shackles and just step into the truth of who they are and understand that we're all human. So within that reality and that truth, we all are inclined at different times in our life, particularly when we get to this age and stage. You know, nobody comes out unscathed. And it's these things that affect us, deeply, deeply affect and impact us, that are usually the conduit for change. They're the, you know, the precursor for change. Um, so I just want to say thank you for sharing with us. And uh, no wonder people gravitate towards you and no wonder, you know, people resonate with you because you clearly are authentic and uh, just such a powerhouse in that regard. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. That really means a lot. Um, just even saying that doesn't mean a lot because it's the first time I've actually um, told. I think I wrote a blog post about it and just to try and help people again, but I never kind of mentioned it again. I've never kind of done it on air or anything or radio interviews. So that means a lot. Thank you very much, Lisa. Well, thank you. And, um, you know, and you don't know, Stephen, see, again, this goes back to my original point, uh, the segue that led to this last piece of the conversation is you don't know to the degree with what you choose to share how that's going to alter somebody else's decision-making or somebody else's day. So the fact that you were brave enough and courageous enough to share that today, knowing that this reaches 145 countries, et cetera, et cetera, you might have saved a life today, Stephen. That's a beautiful way of thinking about it, Lisa. It's very true. Very, very true. And, you know, when somebody can see firsthand or hear, in this case, given that this is radio, for somebody like you who at that point in your life were 
was struggling, you know, the fact that you're now at the other end of the spectrum, this is what gives people hope because people can say, well, if Stephen can do it, knowing how successful he is and knowing how many people now gravitate towards him and knowing that he's a bright light in this world, you know, regardless of how I currently feel at this moment, there is hope. I can cross over. I can aspire to do whatever it is I feel I'm meant to do. And at the very least, even if you're still stuck with the not knowing of what that might be for you personally or individually, you know, at least you're now reaffirming for people that it does get better. It does get easier. And and that's the thing I've really, really learned. And I, I kind of, um, in coaching and other things like that, I've always said as well, you can totally turn your life around if you want to. You look that the path you're on just now does not have to be the path you stay on. You can totally change over to another path just by making the decision to say, okay, I don't like where I'm going just now. I'm going to do something completely different and it might not be the right, it might not be the right direction I'm going, but it's a different path and that will lead me to another direction or another path that is going to be the right one for me. I think all paths, no matter how bad, lead you to your perfect one in your life. And mm-hmm. I really truly believe that. It doesn't matter what's happened to me in the past. Has, if that hadn't happened, I probably wouldn't be where I'm, where I am today, kind of doing Absolutely. social media and business. If that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here talking to you today either. So that path has led me to this one. So there's lots of different paths leading to the perfect path for you. Well, that's very true, Stephen, and I've shared with listeners before and with previous guests, you know, again, no coincidence, you know, our experiences mold us and guide us down all kinds of different paths in life until we find very clearly what is our most intended path, what it is we're truly most passionate about before we can, uh, you know, be committed to honing it. And so, you know, I have publicly, and I'm writing a book right now, um, and it's, it's, you know, and I've been open in my live streaming videos, you know, I'm an incest survivor, I'm a divorced single mom. I mean, I've had a whole bunch of things happen to me in my life. Um, and now I've just managed to turn shit into gold, you know, um, (laughs) you know, because we all have shit, but it's like, you can either sit in the shit and you can either succumb to, you know, the fear, the trepidation, the uncertainty, the despair, the despondency, or you can take the lessons and, you know, the experiences and all the other things surrounding you. If you choose to tap into it and go, okay, it's my birthright to be happy. It's my birthright to be at peace with myself, but I have to make a choice choice to endeavor to do that and to embrace that and welcome that into my life. So that's where you have to really, its you know, it's a journey of self. It's really about self-awareness. And again, this all leads into personal development and personal growth. So, you know, it's not about being in competition with other people. It's about choosing to be the best version of yourself every single day and getting out of your own way in which to do so. Exactly, and that's exactly what you've done there. I've heard um, kind of a lot of stories like that, particularly from women, I have to admit, and they become stronger women because of all the shit they've gone through in the past. Mm-hmm. And they've become so much stronger, just like yourself as well. Obviously, you feel so much more confident, and if you hadn't gone through the shit in the past, you probably wouldn't feel as confident as you do today. But because of all that, you've come through that, you've had a journey, and you're now much more confident because of it, and you're walking the right path for you at this moment it might be different in the future, but mm-hmm. at least it's still the right path for you just now, which is brilliant. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, not unlike yourself, when you've gone through certain things, you also realize the gift in that. It doesn't matter how dark or how dismal what you went through. The blessing you know, when you when you tap into it and become so clear, it's how can I take what I've done and pay it for and be of service to other people, exactly. right? Yep, so exactly. call it a radio show, call it your blog, you know, call it the 25 plus years I worked in social services and worked with people within the isms. You know, it's there's always somebody who's perceivably going to have it worse than you. People are just looking to grab onto mentors. People need light. People need inspiration. People need hope. And um so, you know, once we've done our own healing, and healing is every day. That's not something that just stops. Yeah. You know, that that's an ongoing part of of manifesting, visualizing, uh, you know, choosing to endeavor and embark upon everything you continually want to do in your life. But it's all part and parcel of, of healing. It is, exactly. And just like you say, you made a brilliant point there. Healing is, it doesn't just end. It's, mm-hmm. it's ongoing. Until the day you die, you're going to be healing yourself in some way. 
And um, so it doesn't just end. It's always going to be with you throughout your life. And you should always aspire to do that as well, to think about how much better you can be for yourself to help other people as well, because you can be a better version of yourself tomorrow, the day after, and the day after that as well. So it's all about the kind of healing journey, exactly what you've said there. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this then, Stephen. So, you know, for all the people whose lives you've touched, their hearts, their spirits, uh, their minds, you know, can you share with us some testimonials? You don't obviously have to disclose any names, but for somebody who maybe you've even mentored, who you've seen at the beginning of their journey and then to see how they came out of it, you know, what has been most uh, impactful for you in terms of seeing the effect you've had on someone else's growth? Um, it would have to be, there's, I get, honestly, I get messages every day and not, I, I couldn't obviously read any, um, mm-hmm. kind of out for anonymity, but in the business kind of world, and this is personal development, well, business really is 70% personal development. You have to yeah. work yourself before you can actually do a business. You'll know this as well. Yeah. So in the business world, I'm working with a, a load of people just now, but one in particular, she'd been through kind of an abusive, abusive kind of, um, relationship, a work, relationship I have to say and I kind of she'd kind of started working with me as well and she's a brilliant brilliant person but she didn't actually realize it how how good she was I've seen her kind of in the group and the business group that we've got in there as well and how she was interacting and helping other people and so I'd watched her kind of for a month or so and said listen would you like to come and work and with me for the your digital formula.com program and she said she'd love to, and she'd kind of revealed over that how she'd been in kind of um, a relationship through work with a narcissistic person, really, really narcissistic, and how he treated her really bad. And everything I was doing right in terms of saying, how do you feel? Are you okay? Are you okay with doing this? Are you okay with doing that? She was just saying, why are you, why are you asking me this? And she just couldn't understand why I was being kind of nice and trying to be helpful when her kind of other boss, who she'd worked for for years, was just so so bad and she's I've actually seen her coming through this journey and she now does live shows she now she's got wow. her own show she's got her own Facebook page she's got her own website and it's just amazing the transformation in her and she's just she's a brilliant brilliant person um, I don't yeah. want to name her as I said but I'm no, sure no 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 I would never ask anybody to disclose that and I mean for the world that I live in and for what my previous vocation was in social services you know you, you know you can still make a point and use an example without disclosing anything that would uh, identify the person you're speaking about so I absolutely get it um, and that's obviously you know how you've established and built rapport and trust with people so good for you and you know and from what you've described with this person you know you you can clearly see how entrenched people have become immersed in abusive dynamics because yeah. you know for for people like you and I who um you know, we work with people like this. And again, I used to work with people like this as a full-time job, uh, abuse specifically. And it's really interesting uh, what people have gone through. And you can see it in their reactions, as, you, as you've just described, because what you clearly demonstrated there and, and what, I, what came through for me very strongly was the difference between power and control and self-empowerment. Exactly. And you've had the nail on the head there. And, you, and she, she kind of even mentioned that herself. She says, I feel so kind of empowered um, mm-hmm. because when I'm working with you, you just kind of tell me to do things or you ask me to do things, but you tell me the reasons behind it. It's your thinking and it's for the business and stuff like that as well. And she says, you just kind of empower me and I just feel so much more confident. But going back to those kind of abusive relationships as well, I used to be a full-time addictions worker mm-hmm. as well. That's why I did and working with the homeless. And it kind of amazed me that people kind of from abusive or in abusive relationships, this is why kind of a lot of them turn to drugs and kind of alcohol and stuff like that. It was to change their reality in some way because mm-hmm. they wanted to get out of one reality, i.e. the abusive reality, and change the reality. And this is why they altered their kind of minds with drugs and alcohol as well. And it was such, such a waste of kind of their time and energy, but obviously they didn't realise it. And part of my kind of role was to change that reality around so you don't have to be in this altered reality. You can be in your own reality and still be an amazing person and still be that confident person that really, truly believes in yourself. And that was the thing that just 
um, made made my job brilliant. I just kind of loved it, and and I just carried this over online as well. It's just about being genuine and authentic. Yes. Well, amazing. And again, I can't get over the parallels between our careers. And, and, you know, because I worked with addictions and I, I worked with homelessness. I mean, I worked again with everybody who fell within the isms, people who are marginalized, oppressed, people who were yeah. disenfranchised, um, you know. So, uh, yeah. And it's a tough one, especially when you're working with people who come from intergenerational abuse who have never had anything differently role modeled to them. And so the choices that people feel that they have to make, and it's always usually, you know, between a bad or a worse choice because they don't see that there's alternatively good choices, um, it's to numb the pain. You know, it's it's to numb the pain because it's just too hard uh, for many people in a lot of cases to just have that pain up front every single day without anybody intervening and showing a different way or introducing tools or doing the mirroring work or, you know, working on the self-esteem and, and uh, people whose self-confidence and self-esteem is eroded. So, you know, again, no doubt that you have uh, for all the career choices that you've made. I mean, and there's so many synergies that are aligned with all of them. Like one kind of goes into the other. It's a bit yeah. of a domino effect. So, very beautiful what you've done for a, a good portion of people, um, Stephen. I just, oh, uh, I really commend you, and it's such an honor to have you on my show here. Oh, thank you very much. It's, be, it's really a pleasure to be here. Honestly, obviously, we didn't know what we were going to. Well, I didn't know what we were going to talk about. It's good going into this, and you don't have kind of set questions, and then you're thinking this is where it becomes more genuine and authentic as well. So, thank well, you. That- well, I appreciate you saying that, and that's been the feedback kindly for many of my guests because, you know, for many people who do get interviewed, you know, they get kind of tired of the typical standard Q&A, and I really believe that when you go into things unscripted, it takes you down a pathway that becomes just so ultimately yummy, and you don't know what's necessarily going to come out of it that's going to be really important for listeners to hear. Yeah. So. I, I, I really believe that, I think, because I've been on kind of, a lot of kind of, um, radio interviews and said, okay, I'll send you over a script. And I've always said, no, no, it's cool. I'll, I'll just just ask me the questions as we go live and we'll just do it from that. And it's always it's kind of been like that for the other radio interviews. And it's always been a, a good interview. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's been a good interview. This is fantastic interview, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't have authenticity and genuineness and rawness and candidness and it not equate to something beautiful, truly. So what I would also be interested to know, Stephen, what are some of your daily mantras or rituals? What do you incorporate into your daily regime that keeps you fresh and uh, receptive and, and uh, available to other people? The, the big one, I've never really thought about it. I got asked just a couple of weeks ago uh, uh, as well. We were, at, we were talking just about kind of a business and stuff like that, my daily kind of rituals. I say, okay, I'll get up at about half past four or five o'clock every day, and I was going to skip over it. And just say, as a matter of fact, just get up at five o'clock every day. And somebody says, wow, you get up at half past four or five o'clock? I said, yeah, I've, I've, I've done it for years. <laughs> and I've I, I learned to kind of get up without an alarm clock. And I've done that for about 20 years or something. And literally wake up half past four or five o'clock. And I'm always really excited to get out of bed. I'm one of those, if I could take, well, there probably is a pill for something like that. Take a pill <laughs> to not sleep. Yes. <laughs> so the only reason I go to bed is just to get time <laughs> with Sharon, my wife. That's uh-huh. <laughs> the reason I go to bed. <laughs> so, but I just, I just love, I just jump up in the morning. So that's one kind of ritual I have, and I've done it for uh, almost twenty years now. I'm um, getting up about half past four, five o'clock, and then the, the other one is obviously, well, it's not obviously, but meditation. I, it's just a simple fifteen-minute meditation in the morning and fifteen-minute meditation at night. Um, as well, and it's just focusing on the breath, and that's it. Nothing kind of fancy about it, but it's just to calm the mind down just before you start the day, and then just go into your day. And the other one that I find really important because I only get about five hours sleep a night is a, a daily nap for 15 minutes. So in the afternoon, maybe about three o'clock after I do Facebook lives and stuff, mm-hmm. I have a 15 minute nap, and that 15 minute nap feels like a really good two to three hours sleep and that's how I can get by and no problem at all in five hours sleep a night and I love it and it's brilliant and that's the three rituals I would say that have kind of changed my personal life and my business business life as well. 
Lovely. Well, you're talking to another fellow insomniac. <laughs> but you know, I mean, you do get a lot done, you know, and you can get a lot done when you know the rest of the world is typically sleeping. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you get inundated with tons of correspondence and, and, you know, like yourself, because you're very conscientious, you feel that if you don't respond uh, immediately or try to stay on top of your continually incoming correspondence, the last thing you want to do is appear dismissive or, uh, you know, or as, as though somebody's message is not important. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm right now sitting at 3,000 emails. Like, it's just, it's crazy, you know. Um, well, can, I tell, can I tell you something? I've, I've just checked the emails and I've tried to stay away from the email, but I checked it today and I thought, right, I'm going to have to go through this list and all of it's a lot of it's spam. You know that, Lisa. A lot of it will be spam. But there's yeah. twenty-one thousand five hundred thirty unopened emails in my inbox <laughs> now. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, I'm going to have to clear it somehow. But I, I think, well, what if I miss a message? I can't just delete them all. What if I miss an important message? So yeah. I'm going to have to do something about it. I don't know quite what to do. <laughs> well, you're the you're the you're the expert with all of the social media stuff, so I'm sure you can come up with a way in which to do that. Yeah, <laughs> without cutting your nose off to spite your face there. Yeah. But uh, tell us about Scotland. I, I was mentioning to you, my dad's from Paisley, and you were saying that's about half an hour from you. Is that correct? Yeah, we're just outside. We stay in Glasgow, just outside Glasgow, a place called Motherwell. Okay. Um, so it's only just outside Glasgow, so literally half an hour away. Um, from Paisley, and I've, I've been to Paisley kind of many. In fact, we were there. There's a place in Paisley called Car Park in the Sky. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard about it. No. And basically, it's just a big hill, and it's just a car park, and you just it overlooks the whole of Paisley and the whole of Glasgow, and it's just a beautiful place to sit on a nice kind of sunny day, even a rainy day. I love rainy days, mm-hmm. um, and just to sit and kind of watch the world go by. So me and Sharon went up there, and um, just just last week, and it's beautiful. So Paisley is a, a real nice place. And yeah. my younger days as well when I was kind of out partying and stuff as well. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, I've heard a lot of – I mean, I've been there myself, not since uh, – I, I think in my early 20s was the last time I was in Scotland. But, um, yeah, just so beautiful there. I still have lots of family on my dad's side there, and uh, I've heard a lot of amazing stories from my dad from his youth and childhood. So uh, <laughs> maybe one day I make it back there and, and you know, we we get together and maybe we brainstorm about something. I don't know. That'd be excellent. Yeah. Go sit on that hill. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> so um why don't you share with us, Stephen, who some of your mentors have been, whether they be tangible or intangible, who do you gravitate towards in terms of looking for additional leadership? There's a few people kind of um I will say one of them's kind of passed now, he just passed a few years ago, and there's a guy called I don't know if you've heard about him, a guy called Stuart Wilde. Mm, I'm not sure. He's written some amazing books. An English guy, and he's kind of personal development slash kind of spiritual, and he's written some amazing books. So I've, I've followed him for years, but he passed sadly back in 2013. But I still read his books almost kind of, I wouldn't say a daily basis, but at least on a weekly basis I read a lot of his books. He's brought about 10 books out. And I still get a lot of information from him, even though I've read the books two or three times. I still get something new from them. So he's definitely one I would recommend to you, to yourself and your listeners as well. Wonderful. Brilliant information. And he's very, very genuine, very authentic. And that's what I like him. He swears. He doesn't mind. He doesn't care. <laughs> Good. Uh, so it's just brilliant. I love it. I love him. Um, My cup of tea. Sorry? My cup of tea. Yeah, exactly. See, that's what, see, when I came on this radio show as well, I thought, Right, should I just should I just be myself? Because I I don't curse, but I kind of swear. I say kind of shit sometimes and arse and stuff like oh, that. Oh, we, we've shows. dropped that. We've dropped f bombs on this show, and I've dropped them on my live stream. And it's not it's not for the sake of saying it. It's not to to garner shock value or anything like that. It's just yeah. when I'm in the moment. Like I talk a lot about unfucking myself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I just think it's such a really direct, impactful way of getting the message across. You know, you can say things like get unstuck, get off the fence. And I use all those things. But, you know, I think unfucking yourself really <laughs> hits the point home. But I think that is such, there's a, a phrase, Billy Connolly talks about that as well, when he says, the word fuck is just such a brilliant word. You can't, you can't write <laughs> in a book. You can't say, 
fuck off, you hinted. You can't do anything like that. You just say, fuck off, and everybody knows what it means. <laughs> so it's just a, a love language, and I love the language of swear. I don't think it's a substitute because you've got lack of language or skills or anything. I just think it gets the point across, and I love doing that uh, um, as well. So, Absolutely. yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of other people, Just to, there's a guy called Brendan Bouchard. Oh, we love Brendan. I'm trying to get him on radio. Oh, he is amazing. I've done a couple of his courses, the Experts Academy, because you're, you're always learning in this field. You can't stop learning. So I'm always learning from people like um, Brendan, and I'm doing his program just now. And another guy, a Scotch guy called Jack Black, he is amazing as well. And that, i seen him back in the 1990s, and I've seen him on stage doing personal development work. That's what he was doing. With is a this program. Jack Black, the comedian? The actor? Oh, no. <laughs> no. It's, it's a Scottish guy. The comedian is uh, the actor you're thinking about, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, a different guy. It's a guy called Jack Black. He's got a program called Mindstone. Okay. Um, and I've seen him on stage in Scotland in Glasgow. And back in the 19, it must be 1993, 94. And when I seen him on stage, I said, that's what I'll be doing one day. Never believed, well, I kind of believed that I would be doing it into personal development, but never believed I would be on stage or speaking or have a social media following like this. And now it's come to fruition. Now, and he actually might be speaking at one of my events wow. in next year. So uh, it's just amazing how the kind of the world kind of turns around. It's just brilliant. So that would be the three people I would definitely recommend. Amazing. And so do you do you take your presence to a global stage, or are you pretty much within the community of Scotland? Well, nobody knows me in Scotland. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so the population of, of Scotland is about 5 million, just over 5 million. And I've got about, on social media, about 3.5 million followers, so nearly the size of the population of Scotland, but nobody knows me. And so I'm, I'm the most famous, unfamous person on the internet in Scotland. Enjoy that. <laughs> I know, I know. But no, I don't take it to a kind of global stage. It's just what I do online. And I like it that way. That's okay. fine. I liked, I used to just want to be behind the computer all the time, not show my face. Yeah. But being kind of internet famous is kind of cool because nobody knows you at all. And I like it that way. So it's, it's brilliant that way as well. Amazing. So talk to us a little bit about your content for anybody who would want to tune in to you, uh, maybe experience you for the first time and get a flavor for your vibe outside of this radio interview. What are the things that you generally would talk about during your uh, live streams? Well, there's two live streams. As I said, there's personal development and the business. So the business one obviously talks about social media, and that's on your digital formula page. So you just type in your digital formula on Facebook, and you'll find it there. The other one, the big page... Um, we talk about everything. Like we do meditation Mondays. Like mm-hmm. today I've done a live stream just before coming on here. And it's just a guided meditation to open up your mind to the possibility of having more money in your life. So mm-hmm. a lot of it's about law of attraction, it's about health, it's about relationships. But mostly it's about kind of developing the belief in yourself. Without mm-hmm. belief in yourself, you can't do anything in the world confidently. So first and foremost, you really have to take care of yourself. And that's what the Facebook Live shows are all about. So all you do is just type in Stephen Aitchison in Facebook and that page will come up. You'll see it's got just over 3 million followers. And that's what I do every day, every weekday on Facebook. I do a live show. Um, and I just love it. I just love interacting with people as well. It's just amazing. Beautiful. Uh, so that's what I do. Lovely. And so this is very regimented then. You've got set days, set times so that, you know, people get used to the pattern and the schedule. Exactly. And that's what it's all about because a lot of people go on lives and they just jump on lives when they feel like it. Right. But if you've got a live show where people know you're going to be on at 2 p.m. Say it's 2 p.m. GMT time every day. They know you're going to be on that time. And actually when I've not been on and I've missed it for, for whatever reason, I get um, kind of emails and kind of messages on Facebook saying, where are you, Steve? I missed you today. What's going on? Is everything okay? I'm going, yeah, it's fine. I just I had to do something. I was on a Skype call or something like that. So, yeah, it's quite cool. So people get used to that, and I think that's important within the social media world if you're going to have a Facebook Live show or a radio show like you as well. Right. Yes, well, that's true because everybody knows I go live every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. So, yeah, yeah, I understand that. I get that. I don't do my my live stream videos 
all the time regularly. It's just if I feel that something strikes me that I know will come through as being authentic or engaging, uh, just because, you know, again, single mom, I've got books that I'm writing, other books that have been written, launching, all kinds of different things. So, you know, I still have, unfortunately, excuses for that end of things. I'm hoping to tie that up and get a little bit more organized with that. But I do what I can. But uh, some of what I impart is definitely regimented and, and can be um, – you know, is predictable for people to know when to tune in. So, yes, yes I, I totally understand that. So what's the quality of the fish and chips there? Still good? Brilliant, especially on the East Coast. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And um, so I would be interested to know, because everybody deems this differently, everybody's got their own slant or little version of it, what for you – defines leadership and what separates people from even people within our world of personal development because you know you get people who really do walk their talk and there's other people who just like to get behind the genre of saying that they're in the personal development world it just makes them feel better what do you think is the defining difference i think there's a few things i would say if you genuinely care about people and i mean genuinely care about people, not care about people because they're the ones that might bring you in some money or um, grow your business, but if you genuinely care what happens to people, then I think that kind of defines you as a leader. There's not many, and to be honest, leaders who become really, really big, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm really, really big or anything like that, but leaders who become really, really big, sometimes they can't afford to care too much because they've not got the time to care, but when you lose that, you kind of lose a part of yourself. Yes. So when you can stay kind of small enough but still big enough to be in a big company or grow a big kind of business or something, then that is the perfect kind of midpoint and you still care about people and you genuinely care. And I think the other two big things I've learned over the years are being genuine and being authentic. And as weirdly as I've seen something, <laughs> and I told this on my live the other day, I've seen something, there was a coach who actually teaches people how to be authentic and she was charging ten thousand dollars and i'm going <laughs> how the fuck can you teach somebody to be authentic when all you need to do is just be yourself so i just find that really really funny so i just thought that was weird and strange and hilarious at the same time but just be yourself and right. i know that's very cliched but if you can just relax and be yourself and talk like you would talk to a friend then that comes across so much and if you include that in your leadership as well. So being genuine, authentic, and caring as well. Towards your kind of staff, the people who work for you as well, genuinely caring, that's going to make a huge difference um, in your business, I think. Absolutely. Well, everything that you just described there, there's everything's so wrong on so many levels with that. Uh, I'll, I'm going to charge you $10,000 to be authentic. Okay, so who are you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What are you really teaching here and what are you really all about? That yeah. would be my first question. Um, but, um, you know, so I, I do sometimes occasionally ask my guests. Not It's not a standard question. Again, it's all unscripted. And for some people, I get a vibe where I really would be interested in knowing the answer to this. Um, what is the legacy you choose to leave behind, Stephen? How do you believe you will be remembered and how would you want to be remembered? Just genuinely as somebody who who cared. And that's mm-hmm. it. That was all that was in my headstone. Somebody who cared, and that would be. I would, I would die happy if that was if people saw me that way. Lovely, lovely. And so, for somebody such as yourself, who you know is a visionary, somebody who you know as much as they meditate and try to be in the here and now and be cognizant of breathing, but you're also very goal oriented. You know, you're always aspiring to be the best version of yourself. And so, people like us, we have lofty goals, or we have goals, um, short term, long term. What else is it that you would wish to endeavor to do that might be similar to what you're already doing or something completely out of your comfort zone? Well, just now that the plan is for me, um, this is the visualizations I've been creating for myself is to be speaking more, mm-hmm. um, speaking more on stage. And, and I say that because I don't want to do it. And Beautiful. That, <laughs> that makes Love sense. That. <laughs> it's because it's way outside my comfort zone. So we did it last year and it was an impromptu event that was mine, a business event. And I'll tell you the quick story about it. I'd, I was going down to London for a mastermind um, with mm-hmm. three people that I've had a mastermind with for three years now. And they're brilliant people. So we were going to go down to London and meet up for the first time. 
And I said to the business group of Your Digital Formula, I said, listen, I'm going to be in London on this day because of the mastermind, but after the mastermind finishes, do some of you people that want who stay in London want to meet up and we'll go for a, a drink and a meal? Mm-hmm. And about three or four people said, yeah, I'd love to come. And then people from kind of Scotland and Ireland and Germany said, we'd like to come as well. And I said, no, no, listen, it's only for a drink and a meal. It's only for a couple of hours. And then somebody from America, Guatemala, and 40 people said they'd like to come as well. And I thought, oh, shit, I can't just have people coming over to London just for a meal and a drink. So we organised this event, and it was the very first what we call YDF, which is your digital format, the YDF London 2016. Uh-huh. 45 people turned up. We got four speakers, organised it within a month, and it was brilliant. And that's the first time I've spoken, and second time I've spoken in public in my whole life. And oh, I thought, <laughs> I'm going to do more of that because I don't want to do it, so I've, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Amazing. Well, you just gave me a new strategy for speaking engagements. Who wants to meet up for a pint and, and fish and chips? <laughs> <laughs> You'll get loads of people. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll I'll make sure you get the credit on that one. Um, So what is it about the stage? We've got five minutes here, so we're going to have to quickly wrap up. But what is it for somebody who does these live stream videos, for people who so engage with people on a big spectrum, what is it about the stage perhaps that makes you a little bit more leery? I think it's that, that personal connection. And because you really, when you get up on stage to stand on stage, and this is why I've done the Facebook Lives as well, because I didn't want to do it. So I thought, I'm going to do it because I don't want to. Um, to get up on stage, stand up and speak, you really have to know your topic. And then you want to engage the audience as well. And it's just that feeling of, can you do it? It's just pushing yourself a little bit more outside your comfort zone. Because speaking on stage and speaking on live, is there's a big difference. Yes. Um, and it's just about engaging with the audience on a different level. And when you, you actually, you can almost physically feel the energy mm-hmm. in the room when you're on stage, and that is the, the kind of beauty of it. And if I could not master that, because I don't think you'd ever master anything, but just be comfortable enough being uncomfortable, then I think, okay, I've reached another part of, of my journey. Love it. Love it, Stephen. And I have no doubts that you're going to kill it. So, you know, <laughs> I, I want to say thank you very much for the gift of your time. I know that we'll continue to be in contact behind the scenes. And once again, when more things are are showing up in your life, more things that we can share with the listeners, I would absolutely love to bring you back on here for a follow-up interview. Oh, and uh, yeah, you're just, you're a breath of fresh air. Absolutely loved having you today. And I want to say thank you to the listeners for once again taking time out of your schedule for tuning into my weekly show. This is Lisa McDonald. I am your radio show host with the Contact Talk Radio Network. We go live every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. If you have any show topic ideas or would wish to appear as a prospective guest, on my show, kindly reach out to me at lisamcdonaldauthor.com or alternatively, lisamcdonald13 at gmail.com. McDonald is spelled M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. I want to wish everybody a safe and phenomenal weekend. Love and God bless. Take care and all my best. Bye-bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.